Hey, uh, good evening, and thanks for joining us. <laughs> this is uh, Ashley and Tyler in our five-year anniversary celebration podcast. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it. This all started out as a stupid idea, or an, an allegedly stupid idea. And I said, babe, we ought to do a five-year podcast of what God has taught us in our five years of marriage. Ashley, do you remember uh, your initial thoughts? I said no. <laughs> so, uh, like any good uh, trusting husband, I put it on social media and wanted to see what other people thought. And the consensus came back, which was a little bit to my surprise, uh, that there was a lot of interest in this. And so, uh, what we hope to do is kind of walk through. Uh, we, we put out a poll of what, what would you want to hear most about. So, we have four things uh, that we're going to work through. Uh, really emphasizing three of them, and we're going to work through this and just kind of have a friendly dialogue throughout and share what the Lord has done. So we hope that it is a blessing to you and that you enjoy it. So um, the thing that ranked in highest that uh, people voted on was, uh, what are our habits to grow in Christ, Uh, our habits to grow in our marriage, and habits as we disciple our children? So for me, first off, I am a very basic meat and potatoes kind of guy when it comes to my own spiritual growth. And uh, for me, that has always been the Bible. Um, whenever I am faithfully reading scripture, everything in my life seems to flow. Like my prayer life flows better. Evangelism flows better. Uh, I think that other people are different. Maybe like prayer is the thing that guides them to read the scriptures more or vice versa. But for me, it's scripture. And I love the Bible plan that we're doing now, which is why our church is doing it. And we read in four different books in the Bible every day. You can pick from one or four different books. And so that's my favorite thing to do. And then um, prayer has always been incredibly difficult for me. And um, so when my prayer life is most healthy, I am journaling for about five to 15 minutes, five to 10 minutes. Um whenever I read, whenever I read my Bible, whether that be in the morning or evening. So that's a little bit about me. Um, oh, and then a huge one is my sermon prep. Uh, getting to be a pastor is an absolute blessing. I love preparing to preach God's word. And, um, like we just went through first Peter as a church and that was really, really, really good for my soul. Uh, just to constantly be preparing sermons, going through the same book and having the same themes that God's doing in that book. Uh, just kind of like dwelling on those things. And so, anyways, that's been good. And I know some of you don't get to preach sermons every week. Uh, so if you're a pastor, you understand. Um, but anyway, so that's that's a little bit about me and how I grow personally. Ashley Dawn, you're up. And then for me, the goal would be to get up and read the Bible before the kids get up. But that doesn't always happen depending on how they sleep. As well as depending on if I was responsible enough to go to the bed to go to bed on time the night before, <laughs> so um, that is my goal. I I like to read. Tyler likes to read a ton of the Bible. I like to just read one of the chapters or even a half a chapter. I kind of more so go off of a time frame versus amount of chapters. So, like I try to sit down for about thirty minutes or. If I mean, an hour would be great, but that doesn't really happen. (laughs) Um, And then on days that I feel like I really don't have much time at all, um, I have been reading the New Morning Mercies devotion by Paul David Tripp. It's just a page long, and it's really great for people that are, you know, have new babies and stuff. 
So I do that as well as something I just heard recently in another podcast. Um, This one was talking about finding a specific scripture to meditate on throughout the day. Um, Something that has really drawn on your heart or something that you're really struggling with that will help you as you go throughout the day and the kids, you know, get more stressful. So um, that is kind of what I do. Nope. And you're 1000% right that pretty much when we get woke, when we choose to be lazy or... Oftentimes, it's me choosing to be lazy. Ashley is oftentimes up with the kids all night, and so that's why she's having a hard time getting up. But when you when we wake up at 7.30 to Ava, little pitter-patter across the floor, and her she oftentimes is screaming as she comes into our room yelling, Mommy! Mommy! That's not a fun way and like a soul-enriching way to wake up. And so it is very essential in the Martin home that we get up before the crying starts. Yes. Or else... I would encourage any parent to get up I don't know, 30 minutes at least minimum before your kids get up. That way you can prepare your mind and your heart for the day. Because if not, like, I am i don't know about everyone else, but I'm yeah. quick to anger. I'm super impatient. Well, I remember, like, even for a lot of people who are listening don't have kids. Like, in college, if I woke up five minutes before class, yes. which is what I did almost every single class all four years of college. But if I woke up, like, right as whatever important task or stressful or difficult task for the day started... It's just not a good time. There's a there's a passage, I think, in the Psalms that says, Seek the Lord at a time where he may be found. And I think what that is really getting at is that there's certain times throughout the day where it's it's very difficult to sit and focus on the Lord. Um, and so for us, it's very important to get up in the mornings. That's recently been very difficult, um, mainly because of just lazy choices for me. Um, the next thing is, is, uh, actually, what do we do in our marriage to strengthen our marriage to grow together as husband and wife? And what do we do, um, to grow with the Lord? I first, sorry, I, <laughs> I told her when we started this, I would lead each one and she could kind of feed off of that. And then I keep defaulting to asking her to go first. Um, one of the most important things that we've done in the year 2020, holy smokes, it's been amazing. We have instituted in the Martin family, mom Sabbath. We've actually just instituted Sabbath in the mm-hmm. first place, uh, which means that I'm now trying to work six days a week and I'm trying to take off an entire 24 hour period of time um, from all things work on Mondays. And, and that kind of changes depending because our schedule is just very, very fluid. Um, but I'm trying to be available to work and to do ministry six days a week and take an entire 24 days or 24 hours off. Now, before you judge me about trying to add another day of work, there's a lot of flexibility in all of this. Um, and right now we're just trying to find this out. We, we read through the scriptures and we've seen very clearly that a Sabbath day of rest is essential. It's a non-negotiable for the Lord. Uh, so we're trying to figure out what that rest looks like. Um, I knew that I needed it. And then Ashley, um, she's the strongest woman I know, but after two kids, I could tell she was absolutely exhausted all the time. And so she began voicing to me that she needed me to step up and help a little more. Well, and you never get alone time when you have young kids. So wanting alone time to do whatever I wanted to do, whether it be take a shower or read a book or take even a nap, even, take a nap, even just play on my phone, anything like that. Cause you know, when you have kids, you, you can't, if you play on your phone, you feel guilty for playing on your phone. So just really anything that 
you can do by yourself, honestly. Yeah. So on Monday mornings, our schedule is from 8 a.m. to noon. Ashley gets four hours of what we call Mom Sabbath. Ash, how has that been beneficial to you over the last year or over our practicing that? I feel like it's been super beneficial because I I don't really know what you what you title it but I'm definitely a thinker and when I don't get time to sit and think by myself um and listen to my my own feelings my own thoughts to reflect on what's happening um to reflect on what's or to I guess pay like focus on what's to come anything like that I really I get really stressed out I get really overwhelmed um and so it really has helped me a lot to be able to have quiet and and use my brain (laughs) because I know that you guys um, completely understand what it's like to not, your day is so loud and so busy that you don't get to use your brain all the way. It's not fully functioning. So to have those four hours where you get to just sit and use your brain in whatever way you want to is such a blessing and it definitely helps me rest a lot. I will say I could do better on some of the Sabbath things. There's been a few times that I've tried to go grocery shopping or I've tried to do some kind of chore, but that's not what it's about. It's not about... Ashley's <laughs> default is always to serve others. My default is always to serve myself. <laughs> We're both working on overcoming those sins. <laughs> so you, you need... Everyone needs something like this where they're not doing... Like, I could easily be like, oh, yes, Tyler is taking the kids. I can go to the grocery store by myself. This is awesome. <laughs> But that is not what this is meant for. This Well, unless like that is just really relaxing to you. I do sometimes go to Target and wander around Target. <laughs> uh, so then from 12-ish, so we'll eat lunch together. And then from like 12 or 1-ish till 4 or 5, um, I'll do something. So it's my four hours of like personal Sabbath time. And every time I go hiking or do something outdoors, I'm like, man, I wish I'd have stayed home and read. And every time I try and stay home and read and like you, like – really engage my brain to really focus on the Lord extra more than normal, uh, then I ended up just falling asleep. And so um, still trying to figure out what in the world these four hours are going to look like for me. And then um, uh, Monday evenings, so from about 5 till 8 or 5 till 7.30, we try and do something in the evenings together. So depending on when we get home, we may go for, like we went for a family drive the other day and it was awesome and so that was just really fun we got to like a way out in the middle of nowhere back road and put the kids in the front seat with us and um if you're a police officer please don't give us a ticket for, i don't know i don't know if that's illegal for me to tell you what we did on a podcast not, but not if we don't were arrest not me on a real road don't judge us we were not on a real road wyoming life so it's fine uh <laughs> so anyway so that's been really really good for us and now like in all of this, we want to be super transparent because it is not as if we have this down to a mastered plan. Uh, these are a lot of goals that we have. So um, another thing that we are doing is is I'm trying to and, – and quarantine has kind of thrown off everything because we are just developing a really good rhythm, I feel like, babe. That's and, true. Uh, and then now it's just really, really strange. Uh, it's just weird, and I'm sure that all of you feel that in a way. <clears throat> so one thing's important for me is I, I have a I have a phone problem. I love social media, love texting people and phone calls. And if I'm not careful, I will literally be on my phone all day. Some of it work, some of it play. Um, but that really, really frustrates Ashley. And so I learned on my iPhone that if you activate your do not disturb while driving, 
you can go into that in your settings and change the auto reply. And so I changed my auto reply to say, hey, um, from six to eight, I'm spending time with my family. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And I thought that was awesome. So I can, I have some saved in my notes. I have one saved for my Sabbath day on Monday saying that I'm not working today. I'll be back with you um, tomorrow. Uh, and then I have one from 6 to 8 p.m., uh, which is kind of our dinner time and bedtime and bath time that we have uh, for the kids. And <clears throat> so anyways, I turn that on from 6 to 8, and then I put my phone in a different room. So I don't, I'm don't. i not tempted to look at it, uh, which is really nice. And we're really trying to work on my schedule. Uh, thank God. I, I truly I get to set my own hours uh, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. So we're trying to figure out times in which uh, we can make the most of me being working from home slash uh, taking time off, uh, things of that. So Ashley, uh, you mentioned as we kind of went through this, that some of the things that we need to grow in pretty bad, uh, or we need to grow in a lot in our, in our marriage is, um, time for dating. So what was your idea with that? So we don't really have the budget nor would, should we make the budget for us to be able to go out on dates all the time. So I mentioned to Tyler that we need to start, I saw this, so one of my friends did like a in-home date and they put their kids to bed and then had dinner together. <clears throat> like they fed their kids dinner and then they had dinner afterwards together and played some games and stuff. So I told Tyler that I wanted to start doing that maybe twice a month where we put the kids down and we do like a stay-at-home date and we have dinner together and we um, choose something fun to do and the other person has to do it. So like Tyler doesn't really like board games, but he'll play them let's, for Let's me. emphasize this more. Tyler <laughs> hates with a passion. That is not true. You do not hate them. I hate You have them. fun with them <laughs> all the time. So Tyler like has to play board games or like if he was like, and we swap every other week. So if he wanted to come up with one where I had to play video games, like we can do that. Um, or I guess we couldn't go on a hike or anything because the kids would be asleep. But nonetheless, something like that. Um, where we do it twice a month or so. Yeah. Um, another thing that we have found uh, to be, and we're, we're going to try and approach this with, with no awkwardness or as little awkwardness as possible, uh, but, but one thing that we do is uh, we, we schedule intimacy like uh, Ash and I were talking about which this I've said night. that to some friends before and my married friends understand that sometimes you get really busy and after it'll be 15 days or so and you're like wow we haven't really you know been intimate together recently we haven't really you know talked to each other nothing like that and um so that's where scheduling intimacy you know is really important and I said that to some of my friends before and my married friend was like, oh, that makes sense. And my single friend was like, that sounds so boring, <laughs> but it really is necessary. It really is. It, it's kind of like a, like a safety net to make sure that you, you know, don't miss out on that part of marriage. Yeah. Keeping things balanced. Well, anything about it, we schedule everything. You schedule time to go to the gym. You schedule time to make healthy food. You schedule time to go to sleep. You, you schedule time to work. Things that are important to you, they get on your calendar. Um, things that are important that you don't put down, you don't make be intentional about, uh, they get neglected. And so one thing that, uh, like a phrase that Ash and I agreed upon is that scheduled intimacy leads to spontaneous intimacy. Uh, so don't think that there's boringness in the Martin household. I think that, uh, there's not there, there's health, there's excitement. Uh, Ash and I are very, like, we just love each other. We love to be together, we love to talk, but sometimes, uh, a crazy busy work schedule, um, or, uh, teething children <laughs> or, uh, you know, if, if there's some stuff going on in our church, like it's just, 
there's a lot of things that ebb and flow our schedule. So we, we be sure to, uh, to schedule thing times to be together and to be intimate together. And that's been a huge help for us. Some of our goals again, is that, uh, we do a twice a month date night. We do, we want to try and do quarterly getaways. So four times a year, we want to spend at least one night away from the children together, just reflecting upon, um, how the last three months of our life went. And another great way is weekly. We're just trying to do a family meeting. And we haven't had family meetings in about six months just because we consistently not get that schedule. And you can tell. <laughs> yeah. And that we, we, we miss we miss schedule, schedule our, like schedules with each other or the budget or something like that often because we have not done our family meetings. Yeah. So in the family meetings, we try and uh, say, how have I loved you well this week? How have I not loved you well? So what's your calendar back and forth, look like? What's your calendar look like? What's on your schedule? Um, anything that like, the Lord's teaching you, um, budget wise, we're trying to go over the budget and figure out like what kind of purchases are we going to make that month, uh, for the household, this, that, and the other. Ashley usually talks me out of a couple hunting purchases at those, <laughs> and they're very important for all people involved. Um, now, um, we're going to try and like speed through the aspect on discipling kids. Okay. First off, our age range is very young. Ava is just a little over two. And so um, we're moving into a new phase where Ava can actually like really pick up on some stuff. So we're going to have to step our game up when it comes to like reading scripture with her, things of the sort. Uh, But up until this point, what we've done up into two years is every, like our bread and butter of discipleship is bedtime singing and prayer. Um, We have made a choice to sing very intentional songs with our children. Uh, for the first like nine months of Ava's life, I only sang Come Thou Fount to her. Um, and what I was hoping is that she would just learn those words. And now we sing uh, Doxology, Jesus Paid It All. No, not Jesus Paid It All. Uh, Jesus Loves Me. Um, Jesus Loves Me, another little song called Little Me. Uh, we still sing Come Thou Fount every now and then. But what we've tried to do is sing rich theological songs that are very focused on what Christ did um, or on who God is or on the gospel. So it's a combination of all that. Why do we do that? Well, because Ava can now sing those songs. And what we're doing is the the Christian word catechism, which is really just to, uh, it's a biblical expression of in Ephesians when Paul says to train up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so really what we're doing is we're just filling her brain and her soul filled with the gospel. And what's amazing is now our church has a playlist. And so we listen to the Outfitter Church playlist on Spotify all the time. We're always listening to Christian Music House. Don't get me wrong. We also listen to uh, Bruno Mars every now and then. We, we I love country music. So she's going to listen to country as well. Uh, but when we're driving through the car or driving through town in the car or we're in the house... Uh, she can start just singing along to the songs that our church sings on Wednesday nights. And so it's really amazing. Which um, I will also add, it is very important to also sing over your infants that cannot, because I know Tyler spoke a lot about how Ava can now repeat those songs, which is great, but it's also important to sing over your infants um, because that... And you mean sing, like sing to them, not sing, sing louder to than them. them. <laughs> Yes. No, I okay. mean like <laughs> sing the words of sing scripture, sing biblical songs over your children, um, praying, praying those words over them and and having those hopes for their future and worshiping the Lord with your infant, because even even infants cry out to the Lord. So, amen. Well, and so I, I quoted the Ephesians passage. It says, uh Raise or raise up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's also Deuteronomy chapter six, I believe, verses four through six. It says, 
Um, talk about these things when he's talking about the law, God's word. Talk about these things when you sit down, when you rise up, when you walk by the way, uh, when you go in, when you come out. And so we, we're trying to develop a lifestyle of just always talking about Jesus in some form or fashion, whether we're singing, whether we're reading the scriptures. Um, we have a lot of work to do in that area, but praise God, God seems to be blessing that. And, and Ava loves the church. She loves to pray. And she loves to sing about Jesus. And so uh, we're just trying those things. Some of our goals is we want to do family devotion at the evenings. So like five minutes every night before we go to bed. Because the kids go to bed at the same time. Um, to clarify, at, we, we don't do those yet. We do we not do want, this. No, we, we, that's why it's a goal. Hopelessly achieving it. it. <laughs> so, uh, But we want to just sing a song or two. Um, maybe a song that our church is going to be singing that week. Um, and so... Uh, or just some songs, whatever. We want to be singing godly songs and then maybe read one verse of scripture. Meanwhile, like in our minds, we wish that like our kids would just be like just dying to just have this time with mom and dad. But we recognize <laughs> that they're probably going to be screaming and crying and we're really just going to be trying to get through it. But what we want to be doing is creating a culture in our home where we worship God together in our home. So anyways, yes. there's that. Uh, we're moving on now. To the highs, lows, and lessons learned in parenting. <laughs> Ashley, last night as we did a run-through of this, you made the statement, if it wasn't for kids, I wouldn't sin. Yes. Um, <laughs> explain now your journeys to how you learned that that is completely wrong and false. Like, explain that. So I remember when I was in college that I was a pretty chill girl. I haven't had a lot of issues with people. I haven't had a lot of, I'm not super, like I I thought about myself, I'm not super rude. I'm not super mean. Like I'm a pretty calm, relaxed person. And then I get married and I'm like, okay, so I am a lot sassier than I thought I was. I may not be sassy compared to other women, but I'm super sassy compared to men. And I am very sassy towards my husband and a little bit rude. (laughs) So that's something the Lord kind of revealed to me and has been, um, sanctifying me and, um, changing me in. And then I had children. (laughs) And before children, I was like, okay, I'm a little sassy, but that's really the only thing that I have to work on. Then I had kids and I learned that I am very impatient. I'm quick to anger. I, I get stressed out so easy. I don't trust the Lord because if I trusted the Lord, why would I be so mad about some plan not going the way it's supposed to go? (laughs) I'm very selfish when I don't get to do the thing that I want to do or when my child, if like in all reality, if my children wake me up, if my children wake up while I'm reading my Bible and I'm frustrated and mad at them, like, I I mean, I understand being a little like, oh man, that's bummed out, bummed out. But if you're mad that your child is woken up and has interrupted your sacred time with the Lord, (laughs) that is selfishness. And I can't believe it, but it is. And it is in my heart. And I have have been, I've grown a lot in it, but it's definitely still there. So um, that's where the sentence came one time when I was talking to Tyler, I said, I just don't understand. These kids make me so angry. And I, that wasn't in my heart before. Like, I've never <laughs> been an angry person. And if it wasn't for these kids, I wouldn't sin. Like, I wouldn't be such a <laughs> sinner. I mean, of course I'm a sinner because God <coughs> says that I am. But I wouldn't be such a sinner if it wasn't for these children bringing this anger out of me. And that's where Tyler said, no, the, the, the sin is in your heart. The Lord is just using the children to sanctify you. And it's, it's His grace showing you that that's what's in you and that it needs to be changed. I'm still working on that because it still is very confusing to me. Well, and, and during uh, during my three years in Fort Worth uh, at seminary, 
I had the incredible pleasure, and Ashley has heard me talk about him so many times, uh, Dr. Dale Johnson. Uh, he was a counseling professor there, and now he's the, I think he's the president of ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Um, I doubt he's going to ever hear this, but uh, maybe one day he'll hear it, and it's encouraging to him. But um, he said, whatever it is that's frustrating you, whatever it is in your life that is, is that's causing all of these sinful things to come to the surface, he said, that is the grace of God in your life. And so if it's your job and you're going through a really stressful season and and you're recognizing that you're just getting a lot more prone to anger or uh, irritation or saying rude things to your coworkers, that's God's grace not making you sin. It's God's grace showing you that you are not perfect and that why it's his grace is he's using those circumstances to reveal the sin that's been dormant in your soul. And now he's bringing it to the top so that you can bring that to him, kill it, and put that sin to death uh, by the grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you through your faith in Christ Jesus. And so, um, I, I, so as we shift on to highs, lows, and lessons, for me... <laughs> I remember when we were dating Ashley, or whenever I was dating Ashley, I legitimately was like, wow, she's so lucky that she gets to marry a man of God like me. <laughs> I kid you not, that was a true thought in my mind. And that God did not strike me dead with the amount of pride that I had is unreal. Um, but I was a pastor. I, I, I was pastoring a church while we were in college. And uh, I was like, yeah, like I'm cool. Like, I, well, well, that's awesome. I get to pastor a church at the age of 20, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, man, I, yada. Oh, anyways, I just thought I was all that. And, um, I truly, the day that I said, I do to Ashley and kissed her, I was like, she's so lucky that she gets to be with me for the rest of her life. You might want to qualify that. I mean, this was, I wasn't like going around saying that, but if you were to really press me, I'd say, yeah, Ashley's very fortunate. I'm a, I'm a great guy. Like I, I'm a great catch. And then within just a few months of just, marriage, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lift him up a little bit and say, he never treated me like such. I just want to oh, say, thank you. Yes. Because I feel like people are going to hear this and be like, what a jerk. Yeah, no, no, no. This was just like the deep sin in my heart that, like, would, wait, that would show yeah. itself every now and then. And, and I knew it to be there. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to be arrogant, but I was. Um, <laughs> so and it was within just a few months of being married to Ashley, I was like, oh my gosh, that poor woman is stuck with me, a selfish piece of junk all of her life. And, and I was dying laughing. I was talking to, um, to I'm not going to say their names. There are a couple that just got married. Okay. And we went to their wedding together. Anyways, he got married a few months ago and he was talking to me and he was okay. like, dude, oh my gosh, I never knew I was so selfish until I started doing a home renovation project with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I died that and I was like, right. yeah, that is the grace of God showing you that you need to come to him with your sin and let him kill it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyways, so. We need to come up with a <clears> list of to do's, like to do together before you get married. Some kind of uh, putting something together project. Like, oh my gosh. Putting together a crib. Like make. Make two people that are yep. dating put together a crib and see if they last. Long. Yep. Yep. And um, so now uh, we're going to speed through this real quick. <clears throat> um, I keep saying that, but we're not really going that quick. So I'm going to quit saying it. Just skip a few things. It's fine. No, nah, we're good. So um, that's kind of what we've learned in marriage and then in, in parenting as well. Um, my strength is 
um, enforcing rules and authority. And uh, <laughs> I, I always tell Ashley, I'm the backbone uh, when it comes to our parenting, and she is the heart when it comes to our parenting. Because I, I'm, I love to enforce rules. Once we pick rules, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to enforce that. Like, I'm not going to budge. And the bad side is, is that I come in way too hard. I'm impatient and I'm harsh. And so, like, my office is in our bedroom. And uh, right outside our bedroom is our kitchen. Hmm. And Ava is a dadgum negotiator. And you'll tell her <laughs> something and she's like, why, mommy? Mommy, why? And then she has like 17 different reasons as to why she shouldn't have to do what you're telling her to do. <laughs> and Ashley being the heart and the compassion. So that's the next thing I'm going to is Ashley's strength is understanding, adjusting to new changing children um, and compassion. Uh, but that bad side is that she's too soft and that she makes exceptions for things. Um, but I come in like a dadgum drill instructor. And so I'll be in the room and I hear Ava say no like four times. Ashley is very calmly explaining what she still wants. And Ashley's not upset at this point. She's doing a great job parenting. But I literally like fling the door open. Ava Grace, go to your room. And I spank her and send her off of the room. I don't usually yell that loud. I'm a little no, bit dramatic just, for this. You don't yell. You're, but you're I come stern. in and I'm like, I'm going to get this situation under control. And then like bull something will happen. I'm shop. a bull in a china shop with my kids. And Ashley's like, hey, so the reason that she was doing that was because, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why is she crying? She's like, well, a bee stung her in the face. And I'm like, oh. well, I has never happened. I didn't know that. And I just kind of came in here and spanked some people and sent them all to the rooms. And uh, so we've learned a lot (laughs) in our marriage that we we really get irritated with each other's parenting styles. Yeah, and it's it's very easy as a mom to try to stand up for your children, um, overstanding it for your husband which you should not do (laughs) especially if something happens like obviously you should talk to your husband about it later but you need to be standing by your partner first and so Tyler will come in and and there's it's better now because we've talked about it and we've worked through it yeah but there's been times where he's corrected Ava and gone on Ava and I'm like well hold on and then I get mad and I'm like (laughs) you don't know what was happening like she doesn't need to go to her room this is what happened, and this is why it happened. Steps into, and it's like we, we step in to defend each other from the other. Like, <laughs> I wanted, she wants to defend Ava from me as if I'm an enemy, but like, I, I love Ava, and I've done that too. Like, a- Ashley's getting on to Ava, and I'm like, hey, calm down, she's fine. <laughs> and it's like, hey, we're like, we're both on the same team working towards the kids. But yes, um, another person who may possibly listen to this is Dave Winger. And Dave Winger talked about in a marriage uh, Bible study we did at Hallmark Baptist Church in Texas. Um, was slaying dragons. Yes. And that has Game changed changer. our lives. Literally changed so, so many things. In one of those illustrations is he gives, he's like, whenever a, a guy and girl are dating, this is a generalization, not perfectly true. But when guys and girls are dating, um, the guy's like this rough, rugged man, and he just wants to be the knight in shining armor. And, and the girl's like, oh, slay these dragons. Like the yes, things that she are... she lets him. Yeah, like... Whatever's scaring me, I want you to take care of it. Whatever's this, I want you to slay these dangerous dragons. It's like and then... she likes him to take care of him because it's it is her knight shining armor. So right. she does want him to do A, B, and C, and she does like it. It doesn't matter what way. Like if, if he's he messy if with he it. comes if he comes to surprise her and brings her coffee, he she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You brought me coffee. Like you're so sweet. You're my handsome prince. Yada yada. Right. But then you get married, and it's like, hey, I'm trying to enjoy some alone time during the nap time. Why would you come into the here? And this is the <laughs> and this is the wrong coffee order. Take it yeah. back. Take so, it back. 
So one thing is, is that like I, I've come into a situation way too strong and, and I'm trying to handle it. And Ashley's like, I really wish you would have handled it this way. And going back to the slaying the dragon illustration, it's like, when you're dating, it's like slay the dragon. The, the boyfriend slays the dragon, does whatever he wants, and the girl's like, "Woohoo!" Crazy, like blood everywhere. everywhere. It's like you're matter. great. But whenever you slay the dragon as a husband, the wife's like, "You just got blood on my floor," and or I like, really wish you'd have done it this way. You're doing it wrong. Give me the sword. Like I'm <laughs> so, gonna do it. Which happens also a lot. A good another good example is dinner. Like you're like, "Hey, babe, I'd love for you to cook dinner." Yeah, you you we're so stupid. Women will ask our husbands to cook dinner. And especially, like, early in marriage. I don't know about late in marriage. Late, later in marriage. I don't know where you're going with this, but I really like how it started. You're probably, <laughs> later in marriage, you're probably just like, I don't even care who's cooking. There's food. It's fine. But, like, early in marriage, you're like, hey, babe, will you actually grill this chicken? <laughs> will you grill this chicken, you know, and make dinner for us? And then you come in there, and he's, like, you know, hammering the chicken and getting and it's splattering everywhere. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're making such a mess. Like, let me just do it. I and don't even want you to. smoked up the kitchen to, with the cast iron skillets. We got in the big, we've gotten in some really big fights when Tyler has tried to cook. And I have to leave the room because he doesn't cook the way I want him to cook. And that's, it's wrong of me. Like, he's trying to serve me. How stupid am I to go in there and, and correct him? I mean, it's different if I have like, hey, this is a better way to cut an onion. Like, or maybe tell him later because it is helpful. But, like, it's so stupid of us women. We totally do it in different areas of just, like, let me slay that dragon. I don't even care that you're trying to do it anymore. You're making a mess. Move. Well, and what happens is, uh, for me and what I've seen in, in my other guy friends, is that there's two bad, sinful reactions to that. One is you try to over-domineer. You realize that you're being, uh, like, belittled or disrespected or you feel like you're not being treated right. And so you, like, talk down and you try and power the situation so you're rude and, and hurtful to your wife um or you just abdicate responsibility altogether and you're like all right fine you wash your hands up and you're like i'm, I'm just not gonna again. cook anymore ever I'm never um and so again. and that's also a sin because you can't do that you have to initiate you have to lead you have to to guide your family um ashley is what i what i've learned is that if she'll tell it to me later when i'm not cooking i actually realize that her way of doing it is a lot cleaner a lot faster mm. And the food tastes better. <laughs> so, but it's all about timing. It's all about it timing. It is. And it so, is. Yeah. It's not that you're wrong. It's that yes. it wasn't the right time to say it. I mean, there's always. Or that I was just too arrogant to listen at the time. It, well, and there's always in many situations, this is a side note, in many situations when you notice that your husband is doing something that you think on it. First off, we're prideful too. I mean, to think that we know everything and we know the best way to do things, but if you really do see something and you're like, hmm, I think he could improve his performance or improve his time or whatever you want to call it. Um, if he would do something this way, or if he would, um, clean, like if he would lay a parchment paper over the chicken, you know, don't come in there while he's, he's excited. He's cooking for you. He's serving you. And he's pumped up about that. If you come in there and you like correct him, that's going to like down his excitement. And so just save it for later. If it's really worth it, save it for later, write it down, do whatever you need to do mention it later this illustration you're using sounds very familiar to me cooking dinner tonight that's <laughs> that's because i did that that's because that's exactly what happened except for i did tell she you she said you're splattering chicken meat everywhere i'm like no i'm not and she's like i can I see it. it and i was like ah crap give me a napkin and then i said no don't use napkins use this instead because this is better and it costs less money Oh, it was good. See, we're still trying to learn by our own rules. Ashley's a gracious wife, and she has been very, very kind and patient with me. Um, as we move on to our third uh, topic now, this is uh, how do we balance marriage, parenting, and ministry? 
And um, as we kind of uh, did a run through on this last night, I just wanted to share several things that, that we try and do. Um, Ashley's a stay at home mother. And so when it comes to balancing, like her balancing act typically stays within the walls of the Martin household. Uh, and so uh, I'm answering this from my perspective when it comes to like, as I still work from home a lot, but, but my job is as the pastor of Outfitter Church. Um, so for me, the, the foundation which I operate and that we both operate is um, that first for me, I, I am a child of God. That is my very first identifying marker. I am a adopted and redeemed child of God. After that, I am a husband. Then I am a father. And then I'm a pastor and it's in that order. Um, and so for me, the, the church is the big picture family of the little picture family. So the church family is made up of little families, whether it be a single person or a husband and wife, uh, some grandparents, some parents, some kids, whatever it is. Those are all little families that make up the church family. And so how I operate is that if I lose my wife and I lose my children, so if I lose my marriage, I'm going to lose my ministry. Um, and so I honestly set a better example for my church by my faithful dedication to my family. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how, how I try and operate is that my family comes first. Um, I don't ever want to be pressured into situations to be at things, uh, that I know is then going to be neglecting, uh, from my responsibilities, with my family. That being said, uh, generations past neglected family for the church. So they focused on the church more than they focused on the family. That's why you see a lot of uh, really unhealthy divorces that have taken place in ministry um, or really unhealthy family dynamics with pastors that have been in ministry for a long time. So yeah, with their kids especially. So like that's been over the, I'd say over the last couple of decades, that was the big thing was to neglect your family for the church. Uh, Like this really hard nosed work ethic amongst pastors uh, that, church above all. And so we're, we're now swinging out of that. Praise God that that's not the case anymore. It's not godly to neglect your family. Um, but I, I do believe that there's a pendulum swing to now it's neglecting ministry and neglecting the church because of your quote unquote family time. Um, and so, um, me and one of my best friends, uh, we have a pact that we've told each other that if we ever see each other neglecting the ministry of God, that God has given to us uh, in the sake of quote-unquote family time. And I'm saying quote-unquote because you do need to miss out on ministry opportunities for the sake of developing discipleship and cultivating love amongst your family. There's also times where ministry is going to come above your family time, like being home that evening, and that's okay. Uh, Every Tuesday night or every other Tuesday night, I'm gone. I'm at our city council meetings. Ashley then has to put the kids to bed on her own Mm -hmm. on that night, which I usually always put Ava to bed. She puts Michael to bed. But that's a very important thing for me to be at those meetings, uh, being in the heartbeat of our our city, knowing what's going on, and developing a relationship. So Ashley and I agree on that. So therefore, I'm gone on every other Tuesday night. Um, it's kind of just how we operate. So, but you could fa- easily say, "Oh, I can't do that. I need to be home for bedtime." Absolutely, hundred percent. So being home every single night does not mean that you're being faithful to God and to your family and your ministry. Uh, so you have to figure out. And so. Um, what we try and do is we try and make the most of our time together. Like we said, we, we really want to hone in on Mondays, our Sabbath day together as a family. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of other things worked out through our schedule that makes us feel like 
we were really growing well as a husband, wife, and uh, as children or with children in our family. Um, all that we do, all of that, so that we can serve our church even more. Uh, especially in that, that's also my job is to be amongst the the church and shepherding our people and trying to. You can't shepherd if you're not with your people. Um, so another thing that helps us, we try to include our kids in what we do. Um, so our kids are at band practice. Um, our Ava goes to meetings with me. Like when it's appropriate, I'll have a lunch meeting with a guy in our church and she goes. Uh, she's also totally at this age, she's able to be at our leaders meeting. So if I've got to be at a leaders meeting, um, and Ashley's just having a really stressful day, or I've got to go to a lunch meeting and Ashley's having a really stressful day, I might just take Ava with me. Um, so my hope is that you are part of a church that values the family. And if your church really gets irritated with your kids being around when you're doing church things, then maybe ask them why. But then maybe join a church that cares about the family a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I mean. That's a whole nother podcast in and of itself. Whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we, we try and do that. And we've seen a lot of good come of that. Um, I have a side note that I was going to say that I didn't mention before. Under the balancing marriage, parenting, and ministry that we're talking about right now. So this is a whole nother podcast in and of itself. So I won't go on a tangent. If you would like to talk more about it, then Wait, are you saying that we're going to do know. another podcast? No, that's not what I'm saying. I, ladies no, and gentlemen, that's I think not... she just said another podcast. Next that's month. That's not what I'm saying. We'll see you next month. I'm not saying that. I was going to say that a bullet point we didn't put on our list, but that I wanted to mention was that I, balancing all of this stuff, I unfortunately, but also fortunately, depending on how you look at it, get I have to miss out on a lot of ministry opportunities as a mm-hmm. mother of two young kids. I... Did not like that. Um, I have not necessarily felt the call to ministry, you know, specifically for me. Um, but all through college, like that's my, my degree is in ministry. Um, Your and passion. my passion is in ministry. That's all I've ever really done up until having kids. And so, um, and I mean, heck, I even kind of had a goal of working, of being on staff at a church. Um, and I've done that a little bit here and there. But Anyways, all that to say, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm enjoying where I'm at. I love where I'm at. But there is this conflict, like inner conflict of desires of, I want to devote every second I can to ministry. And I want to meet with these women. And I want to do this. And I want to have I want to have high school ladies over this night. I want to have college ladies over this night. I want to have married ladies over this time. You know, But yet I have, like, I have to figure out how to do this with children. Um, so I'm still developing how to do this with children. Um, so I haven't been doing the best job necessarily. Um in balancing those things, I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, as well as giving myself grace that we do have two, almost under two, like Ava's just over two. Um, and so having kids almost back to back has also made that difficult. So I'm still learning. I'm still balancing that. Um, but I have, the Lord has, has comforted me a lot in showing me that my kids and my my husband is first, my my, my kids are next, my, my family is before the ministry that I feel led to do um outside of the home like ministry inside the home is where he has placed me and is where he has called me to um and so i'm confident in that even though i'm still trying to figure out what everything else looks like and i still struggle with the internal battle of i want to be doing this and i want to be doing which is also a little bit of pride to think that i have to be the one running those things in our church um so that like i said that could be a whole nother topic if you're struggling with that if you have any issues with um I know a lot of women feel like they lose their self when they have young kids. 
um, and kids in general. Um, so that, like I said, that could be something in and of itself to talk about. So Yeah, that's good. Well, in Titus chapter 2, uh, one of the challenges and one of the commands that Paul gives to the women is that they are to be devoted to their home. Mm-hmm. and Ashley Dawn, above all women that I know, you are devoted to our home, well, and I'm grateful for you, and I love you. Thank you. I also want to put a qualifier in there. I totally understand that my kids can be brought into things, and that that's going to be, that's my new goal, is to have moms over while our kids play, while we hang out, while we go to the park together, while we do this, this, and that. That's my goal. I just haven't figured out how that, what that looks like yet, so I'm going to qualify it with that. Yeah. Well, we are <clears throat> approaching the 45-minute mark, so we did not get to talk about the biggest sins that came to light in our marriage and parenting. But I feel like we, we have a lot. We hit on a bit. In our, in, the show. I mean, I struggle with anger and drama, and you struggle. Really, with... what I think is that we're going to have to do another podcast. No. no. Marriage podcast point two, no. 2.0. Whatever. Hey, I hope that uh, this encouraged you. I hope something in all of this and in our story and in our joking... Uh, it just, it blessed your soul. It strengthened you. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know Christ, man, I, I just, I hope that you would consider trusting Christ. Um, he gave his life on the cross. He died, he was buried and he resurrected. There's only one way to be made right with God and to find joy in, in life and to find completeness and purpose in life. And it is through knowing, following and, and believing in Jesus Christ. Um, and so that's, that is what has been able to sustain our marriage is that, um, mm. we have been made right with God and we are sustained by that. Um, and we're constantly growing in our faith and we're constantly growing in becoming more like in the character of God, which then helps us to be, to want to love and to serve each other more. So if you're listening to this and you don't know Christ as your savior, man, or gal, whatever it is. I hope that you would trust Christ. Um, reach out to us. We would love to talk with you about that. Um, Christ is the only reason we have joy in our lives, and he's the only reason anyone can have true joy. So anyways, yeah, do that. Hey, but again, we hope that you enjoyed our story, and uh, thank you so much. If you're still listening at this point, thank you so much for doing so. Uh, may God bless you, and um, have a great day. Bye-bye. Tell the people bye, Ashley.